2: But the reality is they don't
3: know, man. I've been looking forward to To the Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Look, for all you listen
2: today,
1: I'm not an idiot.
2: What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To the Top Talk presented by SBC Refs on Twitter at refs <laughs> SBC. I believe targeting should not be reviewed in automatic reject, and neither should automatic ejections. Looking at you, Bump. And I believe all youth soccer games should be at 7 a.m. So all the hungover parents have to deal with all the yelling and screaming. Looking at you, Cloverleaf Mall. So follow our friends at Riffs SBC on Twitter. Joining me now, Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend,
0: Jason Bailey. Greetings and salutations, fellas. That was a very unexpected um sponsor of the show this week.
2: Yeah, the Sunbelt like Riffs, man. right like
0: it's crazy. We got to figure out where that guy lives.
2: I know, right? And the Wizard of Whiskey himself, Shane Lot.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm a. i am I just got a hold on. I just got a message. Refs?
2: I got a message from uh-huh. SBC refs. He said that was a weak ass thump. So,
1: <laughs> flag on the play. Look. Uh, I'm. I'm not going to get SBC refs a sample of the bottle. I just opened <laughs> and, uh, him or her can kiss my ass. <laughs> carry on,
2: carry on. We also have a, another guest, uh, joining us uh, uh, back again tonight. A good friend of the show, Patrick Lowry.
4: How are we doing gentlemen? I'm, uh, excited to be here, be back and, uh, still riding the wave. Hey, uh, <laughs> from the weekend. So, uh, a little, uh, Super excited about that, and uh, can't wait to dive in tonight. I think he's been sitting on
0: that riding the wave thing for, like, all day long now.
1: That yeah. just came to me, believe it or not.
4: <laughs> well,
0: Patrick's on the show to that,
1: tonight. That means that Lisa was busy.
4: <laughs> Correct. Just trying to keep those athletes uh, eligible. <laughs>
2: so She's- Patrick, also known as the graphics guru, a.k.a. Uh, number one t-shirt designer in all of the land of Southern Miss. So welcome back to the show, Patrick. So, of course, mm-hmm. I don't really have any, like, Southern Miss news to dive into because the big news this week was the game this past weekend, Southern Miss defeating the Tulane Green Wave by a final score of 27-24. So, Patrick, Bump, you guys went down to the game. What was the atmosphere like there in uh, in and around the campus of Tulane?
3: Um.
0: Man, it was just like old times, kind of. You know, like back in the day in, in the dome when we would have, you know, half of the dome, uh, at least that lower part, kind of packed out, and Tulane really didn't have anybody on the other side. It's a cool little stadium, though. I liked it. I liked it a little bit better than South Alabama's. I thought. Um, it's uh, I mean, you know, right there on campus, it's cool. It's um, but but it's but man, the Southern Miss fans showed out. I don't know what it looked like on TV, but. We just slammed in our little corner, and it kind of bled all the way over to the 50-yard line, it looked like to me. So it was great. Everybody was into it. Um, You know, well, from about midway into the second quarter to the end of the game, we were really, really into it. Uh, That first quarter and a half, you know, I was really thinking about getting an Uber uh, to the quarter. But um, it was great, man. The whole weekend was great. Um, Saw pretty much everybody that you would think that I would have seen down there
4: and uh had a blast i don't know about you pilo yeah i mean i, I think we first have to kick it off with the group that uh, met up at, at cooter browns before i mean what a crowd there we kind of kind of took that place over and had some you know some drinks and some food before the game and uh saw coach ladner there and uh took a picture right. group picture that we posted out it was awesome uh, that kind of set the tone, you know. We got to the stadium, and again, it just kept. I kept seeing people and uh, people faces, and and man, it was so much fun on the road. Uh, love road games, and uh, it's my first time really. I, I guess I'd been on campus uh, for one of that that Donny Tindall basketball game where we clinched. Uh, it was probably the last time I was on campus at Tulane, and uh, so the first time seeing that stadium. Yeah, it was it was uh, it was awesome. Our group was rowdy, and I think that spilled over into the fans and. And that second half was awesome.
0: Speaking of Ladner, after I ran into him at uh, at Cooter Browns, um, his son was at the game with a lot of the other Loyola basketball players. Ended up kind of sitting right in front of us right there. And I know that Loyola butts right up against Tulane, their campuses do. Uh, So I don't think they like Tulane a whole lot. Um, But apparently they're huge Golden Eagle fans. (laughs) I mean, they had the Nasty Bunch cheer going, you know, um, and I didn't—I had no idea. Well, I, I knew who Ladner's son was, but um, the other guys sitting there, I had no idea. They were high-fiving me left and right and giving me to the top. And Coach was like, you know, it's like the Loyola basketball team.
4: <laughs> so, <laughs> I was wondering was who cool. those guys were. I, I didn't know that until you just said it. Wow. Yeah. They were great. They well, let's talk a little bit about the game.
2: So, if, if you're going to bring up like the first thing that that really made an impact on this game, I think all three phases definitely had some kind of an impact on the game. But if you're going to start it off, you got to talk about special teams. I mean, you had, um you know, a field goal blocked by Natron Brooks, a, a punt blocked by Jay Jones. You had uh the, just the punting overall for Mason Hunt. What five mm-hmm. punts for 232 yards? That's average an average of 46.4 yards per punt with a long of fifty two. He had he nailed two inside the twenty and had two uh that were over fifty yards. So um, you know, special teams definitely made a huge impact. Oh well, and then you gotta have the um the onside kick recovery by uh Chandler Pittman. So right. special teams definitely this is probably the best special teams performance we've had in quite some time.
1: Yeah, it absolutely carried us, too. I mean, <clears throat> special teams were huge. Defense was huge. Uh, the offense played their part in the end and did exactly what we needed them to do. But special teams and defense won this game for us 100%. And without that blocked punt and that blocked field goal, we don't win that game.
4: And the, the Briggs bourgeois tackle? <laughs> yeah. On the kickoff, I, man, it was like he was shot out of a cannon. He flew across <laughs> that field. It was awesome.
1: Big Wang Lang saved another, uh, I think it was an extra point attempt. It may have been a field goal attempt with another awesome save on a uh, snap that wasn't perfect. Uh, and he got it down and, and Bourgeois got it up and in. Uh, Lang is, is coming through in the clutch this early season as, as the holder for sure. So Briggs,
0: you know, tooting down here. Oh, sorry, Jimmy.
1: No, said so
2: Briggs had two field goals, three extra points. Uh, five of his six kickoffs were touchbacks. So. You know, a strong, a strong, strong, strong evening from the foot as well.
4: Yeah, that Mason Hunt directional punt that he got down to the two was insane. I mean, it's like what you see on Sundays. I mean, the guys that can directionally punt that to the to the pollen is is that's incredible to see. And uh, yeah,
0: the, the ball comes off of his foot like an NFL punter. Yep. You know, um, you can just tell with some of these guys. And I have this written down. I hope it's accurate. Five Do you have it written down? It's got to be. Yeah, on a piece of paper. Five punts, one return for one yard.
1: We'll take it. Um, solid work. And he had a touchback that came really close to being another one inside the five-yard line. Um, yeah, he, he had a whale of a night. Absolute monster night. When
2: well, you talk about the defense, you had, the, of course, the big game from um, Eric Scott Jr., uh, you know, five tackles on the night, one pass breakup, and then one interception return, 35 yards for a pick six. Kind of at a pivotal point in the game, you know, right there in the fourth. The Golden Eagles were up by three. Then he goes pick
1: six and gives the Golden Eagles a 10-point lead that they were able to hang on to. Is this his last year? Yes. Well, I think what? it's his last year regardless of whether he's going to, uh, to uh, play next year because I think he's going to be playing on Sundays.
4: Um,
0: Is this his senior year?
1: Yeah, He's
4: yeah. Gone. yeah. Be, man. He's, there's a lot of guys that we're going to miss in that secondary next year.
1: Yeah, you're right. That's, I mean, we still have a fairly young team. With, I think there's two seniors on offense, uh, but there, there's there's going to be a bigger hit on defense next year uh, for yeah. sure. We're short. Uh, I mean, Scott's going to be gone. Malik Shorts. This is his last year. Central it? Latham. Latham. Oh, that's a big one, too. Uh, Swayze. Um, is this Hobbes' last year? Yeah, I mean, we, we lose a, a big chunk of defense, uh, after this season, but we're, we, we, no need to dwell on that now. We got a lot of fun football left this season.
2: I, I felt like too, you know, so Latham led the way with, with nine tackles, shorts and Gill had eight apiece. Um, I felt like, you know, when we started off the game, Tulane goes up, what, 14 to nothing? I mm. think is that, is my math right on that? Yeah. 14 That's to nothing. Correct. And it kind of felt like they were, they were pushing us around a little bit and, you know, I don't know what adjust, adjustments were apparently made. You could see the defense. It felt like the defensive line was getting stronger as the day went on. Jalen Williams, uh, two tackles for a loss, one sack. You also had sacks from Cooley, Havas, and Quaywan. So Southern Miss had a really, really, uh, I felt like the, the, the defensive line really started to control, uh, the game as we got into the second half.
4: Hey, yeah. I went, go ahead. Uh, No, you're up, Patrick. Go ahead. I mean, I I went back and watched again on Sunday, and and you can really kind of see in that second half how dominant the lot was blowing up. We were getting pressure. We were collapsing that pocket around Pratt. I mean, Bivens, Ratcliffe, uh, Jalen Williams, Cooley, Mahaffey was in there, uh, and Dom. I mean, they were just blowing uh, Tulane's front up. I mean, there was nothing they could do. Uh, It was like we continually kept a foot on the gas, and it's like they were—they seemed to be uh, maybe a little winded, but it seems like we just kept bringing it and kept bringing it. The later it got in the game,
1: the depth on that line is is going to be huge. I mean, that's something we haven't had in years, and it's going to make a big difference. But one thing that I love to see in the fourth quarter, and let me preface the statement by saying I don't ever want to see somebody get hurt or injured. Uh, you, you don't want anything to happen, but uh, Tulane's quarterback—I can't remember his name, even though Will Hall said it a hundred times last week. Michael Pratt. Pratt. There you go. Uh, had like rolled up tissue paper in his nose from getting <laughs> the hell beat out of him, uh, and having a bloody nose there in the fourth quarter. And so they're zooming in on his face on TV as you know he's calling the plays and stuff, and he's got tissue paper sticking out of his nose. And I was like, that's right, D line's doing work. <laughs> and you know, it, it took some work. I mean that.
2: Tajay Spears gave us fits in the first half. Um, for the game, he had 22 carries for 114 yards. That's, and two touchdowns. That's 5.2 yards per carry. And then he had another five receptions for 74 yards. I mean, early on, we did not have an answer for him.
1: No, and you, uh, you can say I'm not a believer, uh, but. When they went up fourteen to nothing, I was settling in on the couch for a long night. I was like, "Oh man, this is this is going this is gonna be tough. That's, I'm gonna need a couple more bottles of whiskey." Uh, I'm I'm very glad it ended the way it did, but uh, it didn't start off well because we could not stop him. I mean, just whatever he wanted to do, he did. Uh, he's he's a beast, man. I'm I'm glad we're done playing him this year.
2: You know, Tulane. Uh, we knew coming into this game they were going to have. A a very strong rushing defense, and they did just that. They held us to 59 yards on the ground. Gore had 16 carries for 44 yards and three receptions for 14 yards. But after a a sluggish, you know, first quarter, um, Southern Miss was able to get kind of get the passing game going a little bit. Zach Wilkie comes in, throws some just tremendous uh, shots down the field, um, hits, you know, beautiful pass to Brownlee, another beautiful touchdown pass to Kasten. Caston on the game, eight receptions for 91 yards and a TD. Brownlee, three receptions for 68 yards and a TD. And, you know, they really were ganging up on Brownlee, but Wilkie was able to move the ball down the field. 17 for 25 for 194 yards and two TDs. Wilkie kind of having the the
1: breakout game we were hoping he'd have. How huge is it for Brownlee to have Caston on that other side? Because they can't they can't double team both of them there's there's only 11 guys on the defense and one of those guys is going to be open and ready to eat and i mean look yeah. if you cover them with one person good luck cuz uh they're going to go up and they're going to get the ball and you can fight for it that's fine but man it it's it's going to do wonders over the stretch of the season for those guys to have each other
4: it's almost like Wilkie was just watching what that safety was doing. If they if they got if they went toward Brownley, they would hit Caston on that post, and he was open every time over the middle. And if they doubled Brownley, you know, if they brought, you know, came in toward Caston, he would kind of throw that fade over to Brownley. It was uh, it's fun to watch those two.
0: Yeah, and moving forward, it's it, it, you know as far as game planning against Southern Miss, once you've kind of proven, I mean, I think Tulane just said, "Look, we're not going to let Frank Gore beat us," right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's nice to know that we have the kind of team where, I mean, Tulane's good, man. They beat Kansas State, who had already beat Oklahoma, I think.
2: Yeah, right? they beat, they beat Oklahoma. First they beat up team. that night,
0: yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, Tulane's a good team, and, and we can, we can play a game where we're outgained, we're out time of possession, um, you know, but we just have a super efficient night from Wilkie, 17 to 25, like Jamie said, Two TDs, zero uh picks, and zero times sacked, you know? I mean, yeah. How huge is that coming from last year? I know like the last three games of the year, offensive line kind of put it together when we just decided to go strictly super Superback. They were better at run blocking, we thought, at the time, than pass blocking, but maybe they started to put something together a little bit, and then enter Sam Gregg. And, um I mean, you know, zero zero sacks, two games in a row, right? Zero sacks, two turnovers. Zero sacks, zero turnovers, two games in a row. That's Amazing. big. Um, that's huge. So, so now, like, you know, if you're the other team coming in, I mean, you have to kind of pick your poison. Um, if you take one thing away, I feel like we can we can do it the other way. And I haven't been real sure about that the last couple of years. So it's nice to see it work out and to Two the point.
1: true freshmen starting on the offensive true. line, too.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: One of the twins. Lord. Yeah, I think
2: Those, they are giant human beings. <laughs> And <laughs> yes. I mean you look to. T- I mean and, and and to be fair, you know, Tulane's defensive line, I mean, they were impressive. I mean Tulane mm-hmm. uh was a sure tackling team. They may be one of the better, you know, defenses
1: that we face the rest of the year, particularly against the run. So, you know hopefully they had not they had not given up a play over thirty yards until our game. And uh there was another stat that was similar to that that uh I don't well, know. They, it's,
0: well, they had only given up twenty points this season.
1: There you go. That yeah, was it. Our
0: game, you know. Yep. And then, as far as the thirty-yard pass plays, a thirty-two-yard pass from Wilkie to Brownlee, and thirty-seven-yard pass from Wilkie to Caston.
2: Yeah, and this is this was also their first loss of the year. So, um pew, how'd pew. that coming. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, and I personally, I mean, I think I saw Bradley uh, Washauer mentioned this on Twitter, but I mean, you know, I kind of always like. You know, we don't play Tulane up, you know, their New Orleans team, you know, hey, good luck, guys. But like their fans have gotten a little cocky the past few
1: years. It was kind of good to see them get, you know, back to reality. Man, I I hope we play Tulane every year. I mean, that's it's another home game for us, basically. I mean, there's a few more greenies in the stands than there would be if we played in Hattiesburg. But. Uh, Jason made the comment earlier that it looked good in person. It looked fantastic on TV. I mean, it, most of the stadium was gold and it was loud. I will give their student section credit. Uh, their student section was full and they were loud and they were into it the whole game. Uh, but we had it, it, easily 50 percent of the stadium and just as much crowd noise as they were putting out. Uh, Yeah.
4: And and that second half, you could hear us uh, yelling defense, defense, clearly. Uh, When I went back and listened to it, it was awesome. Oh, yeah. When we did good, the crowd
1: exploded just as loud as, uh, you know, when Tulane did something good. So uh, that was fun. Um, It's nice to have a little vacation stadium in uptown New Orleans that we can go take over every other year if we want to. Uh, but yeah, I'm for playing them as, as much as possible. I mean, we got a trophy for the game, for God's sakes. It should be played often. Well, we had a trophy.
2: We had a trophy. Can I just say? I mean, I know some of the fans may not know this, but that trophy was abandoned in a closet until 1999, when Bob Pierce p- pulled it out of the wreckage and was like, "Let's paint it and make it the trophy for the game. Let's have something to play for for this game." So that <laughs> bell has been through a lot. That bell sat in the
1: end zone for a long time. Not the end zone is at the football field. The end zone on 4th Street, now 4th Street Bar. It was down in that greasy-ass kitchen for a long
2: time. (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) So
2: that bell's been through a lot. Um, Yeah. So you guys, like, how big is this win for Will Hall in the direction that the program is headed?
1: Huge. Huge. Absolutely. I mean. We needed some positive momentum and we, we said this after the last game that for like our upper end hopes of the season, this was a must win game. Not that we had to win this game for, I mean, we still could go on to win the sun belt and lost against Tulane. We could still have a winning season easily, but to, to really kind of take a step forward. That's the kind of games that we need to win and we did it. And I couldn't be more excited for Will Hall. You know, you got to run down there in front of a really good road crowd and get excited. I mean to to go in and, and beat a guy that he considers a mentor uh, you know, in in the place that he worked before, um, that's gotta be a good feeling for him.
0: Yeah, it was his first it, it was his signature win so far. I mean, I know there hadn't been a whole lot of them since he got to Southern Miss, but I think everybody's going to be able to look back at this one and say, I remember that one. You know, that was the first one. That's when the train finally started rolling in the, rolling downhill. And, um, the team needed it too, man. The fans needed it. I guess you could look at maybe if we had beaten Liberty, but I mean, one and three going into conference play in a bye week or two and two, you know, going on with a two game winning streak, um, it was big in, in a bunch of different ways. But I think the biggest thing for me was was just for Coach Hall and for those guys just working their ass off every day, you know. The fans, I mean, we'd have gotten over it, right? We've been doing this for a while now <laughs> on this side of the uh, of, of the win-loss column. But, uh, I mean, I mean, you guys could see it in Will Hall's interviews from the, you know, kind of before the season started to, to after a couple losses. And dude was on a mission. and He's still on that mission. And just he – you know, throwing his hands up in the end zone right there, man, and genuinely loves it. Loves everybody that was there watching Loves all of his players. And by no means are we done. And I hope we don't, in true Southern Miss fashion, like completely lay an egg uh, coming up pretty shortly. But um, it was great. It, it was great for everybody involved, and I'm so glad so, that I was there. This is why you buy a ticket, man. This is why you go to games, and this is why you you don't you don't miss things because things like that happen. And Sure, wish I had a paper ticket that I could, uh, you know, stick on my wall, but I don't. Um, but no, it was, it was, it was, it was great.
2: You know, one of the interesting things about this weekend. So you talk about, okay, Southern Miss is now two and two on the year, which is huge because you need, uh, allegedly, you need six wins to get to, um, you know, the postseason. So, but some interesting happenings this weekend in the Sun Belt. To determine our, our, future here. So let's go through a couple of these, these scores here. So coastal Carolina beat Georgia state 41 to 24, pretty much as expected. James Madison beat App State 32 to 28. So that was a bit of a surprise, kind of changes things in the East. Uh, Georgia Southern beat ball state 34 to 23. Old Dominion beat Arkansas state 29 to 26. So we play Arkansas state on uh, October the 15th. Texas state beat Houston Christian 34 to nothing. Our next opponent, Troy, uh, beat Marshall 16 to seven. South Alabama beat Louisiana Tech 38 to 14. That's not really a surprise. And then we have Louisiana Monroe with Chandler Rogers, Matt Kubick defeating the Louisiana Lafayette Raging Cajuns 21 to 17. So things are definitely wide open in the Sunbelt West right now.
3: Yeah.
2: Louisiana's kind of a disappointment so far, huh? I kind of I'm not really surprised. I mean, like the, everybody no. they were hyped up, but they lost a lot last year. They lost yeah. their coach. I was like, are they really going to like that's why I was I mean, you know, I don't know what I'm talking about most of the time, but when I was on <laughs> Rock 104, they were like, what's one game we should look up this year? I was like, I wouldn't be shocked for that Halloween game if we weren't favored against Lafayette, you know. We'll see. But yeah. d- definitely changes things. Congratulations to uh, Louisiana Monroe. They've they pulled off a few shockers the past few years. I
1: mean, they got, who's the coach over there now? Bow, Bowden, isn't it? Isn't it? Is I Terry Bowden know. the coach over there? Who's the he coach of Louisiana Monroe? You know,
2: I know Matt Kubik, our old offensive coordinator, is their offensive coordinator.
0: Yeah.
1: That did. Well, I mean, we got him from there. We for did. a year, we uprooted the poor man, and then uh, <laughs> and then, he
0: went to, is, then he went to high school in Columbia. Yeah, right? it is Terry
1: Bowden. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I looked it up, too. Terry Bowden is still the coach over there. So, I mean, Terry Bowden knows football. He's been around for a long time. Uh, Chandler Rogers, we got to see him play his freshman year. I mean, he's a talented athletic dude. Um, good for them. Yeah, good for them. So, definitely, definitely
2: changes things up a little bit. So, Going into this week now, Southern Miss has a bye. So we get the week off to, to rest and recover. We had a few guys get dinged up this week. Not really sure the status of Ty Keyes or Swayze Bozeman at this point. But, um, by the time you're listening to this, I'm sure they will have a presser first thing <laughs> tomorrow morning with Coach Hall where he can elaborate a, a little bit more. But, um, you know, good time heading, you know, we, we get a little momentum on the offense the side of the ball. We get a moment, a little momentum with a win. Get a buy before taking on Troy, who's
1: going to be a very game opponent in two weeks. Yeah. I mean, Troy lost to App State on a Hail Mary and Boone. Um, you know, so, uh, they're, they're what two and two right now. They're they, two and uh, two. Yeah. They lost to App State. Who else did they lose to? They lost to Mississippi Oxford,
2: uh, by a score of 28 to 10. They beat Alabama AM 38 to 17. They lost to App State thirty-two to twenty-eight and then they beat Marshall sixteen to seven. So, I mean, outside of Alabama and AM, it, it they it doesn't look like they've been
1: entirely that prolific on offense. But defense hadn't given up a ton either. No, I mean, not at all. Mississippi Oxford's got a pretty potent offense. Um and they only give so up twenty eight.
2: Yeah. They were yeah. I watched some of that game. They were
1: they were pretty strong.
2: So yeah, I'm sure they'll be favored, but, and deservedly so, but it's, it, you know.
1: How, how do we feel about the bye week landing now? Would you guys rather have rolled into a game coming off this momentum, or do you think it's good for, all right, preseason non-conference play is done, we get a week break, refocus, rest, and then head into the meat of, of conference play for the rest of the year? I'm glad it's, not it's earlier I, I, than this.
0: I, yeah, I man. Yeah. I think I think it's a great bye week right now. Um, I love it. I I I love it for me. <laughs> and, <laughs> and 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 I also love it. For, I mean, now granted, I, I would probably want another one in about another four weeks. Uh, but um, no, I think it comes at a perfect time, man. Um, got a little momentum, one two in a row. You got a freshman quarterback, so you can use this time to kind of groom him a little bit more. They're going to be going to Troy, but they're going to have to play this week, right?
2: Yeah, they're playing Western so. Kentucky this week, and again,
1: Western oh, Kentucky's God. favorite in that game. So, Ooh. Western going to a of points. Let's be careful about grooming the freshmen, too, let's <laughs> uh
2: Yes, yeah, so Western's a six-point favorite as of right now. So Troy's definitely going to have their hands full this this week against the against the Hilltoppers. So hey, gives us an extra week of preparation. Hopefully our guys can take some time off, you know, re- recover from some of these football injuries that you're going to get throughout the year and and get ready for a for a sound Troy Trojan team. Then the following week after that, on uh, October the fifteenth, no, I don't see a time for that yet. That is homecoming. 6 p.m. 6 p.m. All right, ESPN. Come on, get with it. Uh, taking on Arkansas State, so Arkansas State currently one in three, so uh, but they've they've been game in, in, in uh, their contest this year, so we'll see what happens.
0: Thank goodness it's at 6 p.m. too, because that's the one uh, Saturday that Jack's soccer we, we play the 12 o'clock game. There's a nine o'clock, ten o'clock, uh, nine o'clock, ten thirty, and 12 o'clock game every Saturday. We've got the nine and ten thirty every single weekend except for that one. I was like homecoming for real. At least it's a six o'clock game, so Pilo, have fun setting all the
4: crap up, and uh, oh. <laughs> we'll do it. I've already, I've already got the uh, I've already got the food nailed down. It's gonna be solid. So
2: we we gotta get a game plan because you know Jason, that that game every year, it feels like there's that one mm-hmm. dude that tries to get our spot.
4: Yeah, he's like, dude, I'm here every every,
0: every homecoming.
2: And you're like, yeah, we're here every okay. game. Yeah. So yeah, we'll 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 get a game plan together between between now and then. Mm-hmm. All right. Shane, do you have any uh, any other updates in regards to Southern Miss athletics?
1: I do. We are in the, the full swing of Southern Miss fall sports now. And the tennis teams, or the tennis teams, good Lord. I mean, I will talk about the tennis teams, but they're not at all who I was uh, opening up with. The golf teams have started their fall season off just absolutely on fire. Uh, when we recorded last week, the ladies were still competing at the Hoover Country Club, uh, playing in the Hoover Classic, hosted by U- UAB. Happy to report they saw the men's team's performance to open the season and was like, yeah, we'll take one of those tournament championships as well. So ladies took first out of 10 teams with that one. That was the first tournament win for the ladies since 2017. Uh, low eagle was Momica Ondo. Uh, she shot 68, 73, 75 in her three rounds to finish 216. What Patrick shaking his head at me, or was he shaking somebody else? Well, I mean, that's just
4: phenomenal. I mean, oh yeah, that's just, I'm just shaking my head at that thinking, why can't I do that? Pilo oh, and I can
0: well, take her on in a scramble.
4: And yeah. you probably still lose. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. She would absolutely
1: destroy me. Uh, but she destroyed most of the people that played golf because she finished second. There was only one person better to her in the entire field. So uh, absolutely stellar performance for her. Had a couple of other Eagles finish in the top 10. Uh, Friend shot 75-70-75 to finish a two twenty for the three rounds, finished in ninth place. And uh feel like we're going to hear this name a lot over the next few years. Uh, freshman J.C. Fields finished shooting 73, 75, 74 uh, to round out being tied for 10 in the top 10. So, ladies, absolutely awesome starting off with a uh uh, trophy coming home we've had two golf tournaments this fall and we brought home two first place trophies uh great news next up for the ladies they play monday october 3rd and tuesday october 4th at the past lesser harbottle invitational at the tacoma country and golf club in seattle washington that tournament is hosted by seattle university should be a little bit Different weather than uh, what you guys got. I don't know. It did rain quite a bit down there this year. So maybe you guys feel like you live in like just a muggy or hotter Seattle at this point in time. Uh, men's golf started uh, their second tournament of the year. We're recording this on Monday, the 26th. They played two rounds at the Old Town Club Collegiate at the Old Town Club hosted by Wake Forest University up here in my neck of the woods, Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Uh, Golden Eagles came out strong on day one as they were in first place after the first round, holding a four-stroke lead over Kansas State. Got that second round in today as well. After the second round, they swap places with the Wildcats and sit five strokes back in second place. Uh, that puts them four strokes up on third place Furman at this point in time. They will wrap up play in this tournament Tuesday, the 27th uh got within striking distance of winning this one as well. So good luck to the gentleman. Low eagle in the tournament so far is Cameron Clark, who was tied for first, shooting a 64 and a 67 to open up at 131 for two rounds. Not far behind him is Thong Papat, shooting a 67 and a 66 to sit in third place. Gentlemen, like I said, we'll wrap up this tournament on the 27th and then they don't play again until they also go up to the Pacific Northwest and play in the Oregon State Invitational in Corvallis, Oregon, the 10th and the 11th of October. Let me get a sip of whiskey here. I've already been talking a lot. Yeah, sip away. All right. Soccer had two matches this past week, opening up Sunbelt Conference play. They dropped the first to 1-4 to Louisiana Monroe over in Monroe on Thursday the 22nd. Mallory Trapper scored the Eagles' lone goal in the 88th minute. Second match was an absolute slugfest. I watched a good portion of this. It was on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, uh, Buzzardry co-host uh, Ben Milam was calling the game on ESPN+. Plus. I didn't know he did that kind of stuff. Uh, but, yeah, listen to Ben call a, call a soccer match. That was pretty cool. Um, ladies... Tied that in a zero-to-zero zero draw. Regular season Sunbelt rules stipulate that after 90 minutes, if it is a tie, it finishes as a draw. There is no regular season overtime for Sunbelt ladies' regular season soccer. So uh, JMU's got a solid soccer program. That, that's probably a pretty good draw at the end of the year. We'll take that point instead of getting no points out of that. Uh, goalkeeper Alex Helbling had six saves on that match to help keep the clean sheet. Uh, ladies, next up are Saturday, October the 1st, first Texas State in Hattiesburg at noon. Go check out the Lady Eagles as they play. The volleyball started Sunbelt play as well. They split their two games in Hattiesburg with South Alabama. South Alabama, side note, is the reigning Sunbelt uh, tournament champion. Uh, on Friday the 23rd, the ladies fell 1-3 to three but bounced back to win a grueling three to two thriller on Saturday, the 24th Saturday was the first Sunbelt victory for the volleyball program. Uh, since their opening Sunbelt play uh, sophomore, Kara Atkinson tied her career high with 15 kills. Junior Kenzie Smith had a career high 61 assists. Uh sophomore Mia Wesley, who has been named the Sunbelt uh, Offensive Player of the Week a couple of times, had a match-high 24 kills and a career-high 25 digs. And sophomore Megan Harris had 29 digs after setting her career high on Friday night with 31. So uh, Lady Eagles softball is continuing to play well, splitting with last year's tournament champion, south alabama next up for the lady eagles friday september the 30th at six o'clock and saturday october 1st at one verse troy in hattiesburg uh, men's tennis next up men's tennis hosted the golden eagle invitational. They picked up nine wins over the two day events at the Southern Miss tennis complex. Uh, participants in that tournament were Tulane, South Alabama, Louisiana, and new Orleans. Uh Southern miss started Saturday morning strong by picking up two doubles wins against new Orleans, uh, man, I, I kind of had easy sailing uh, so far through the, the young to the top talk fall season um but we got some new players on the men's tennis teams whose names i'm just about to absolutely slaughter so we'll apologize to them yeah uh some some names that i didn't get last year to practice so uh we've got uh sahib sodai and alexander gima Got the team off to a quick start at number two doubles, winning six to three. And Olmajan Nabeev and Antoine Audrain followed up winning seven six in doubles action. Uh, Pasawi and Taris Ig, Ignatuic. Uh, yeah, we'll say Ignatuic, uh, but that was probably very long. Uh, picked up wins against Tulane. Uh, Olmajan Nabeev and, uh, yeah, we're just going to say Paul, and we're going to not even embarrass myself by attempting Paul's last name tonight. Uh, each picked up wins against Louisiana, and Nabeve also won against South Alabama. Uh, Alexander Gima picked up two good wins on Saturday in singles play against South Alabama in New Orleans. So, uh, kind of abbreviated fall seasons for the men's and women's women's tennis teams. Uh, they kind of play different formats, but next up for the men. Saturday, October the 1st through Monday the 3rd at the ITA All-American in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, Women's tennis was off uh, since they last played, but they have the ITA regionals in Baton Rouge coming up Thursday, October the 13th. Uh, Cross-country hasn't done anything since we last talked to you, but they will be back in action this Friday the 30th at the Chili Pepper Festival in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Uh, And last but not least, uh, softball. Uh, kind of rounded out their staff. Uh, coach, uh, Aaron Necker joins as an assistant coach from Louisville, uh, previously at Central Baptist College. That should have rounded out the staff, but, uh, unfortunately, coach, uh, coach Mark Mulvaney, who was on the previous staff and had held over, uh, stuck around for a little while, was doing great things, had, had great relationships with the players on the team, uh, but decided to step away from college coaching to spend a little bit more time with his family and focus on a songwriting career. So uh, best of luck to him. Uh, hate to see him go, but uh, we appreciate your time in the black and gold and that'll do it for this week. Are you sure? Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, songs are going to come out of that, uh, out, of, out of his experiences at uh, Southern Miss over the last couple of years.
1: You never saw any of the songs that he tweeted out. He actually would tweet out. He's, he's not bad.
0: Is it country songs? No, not really. Does he play the guitar? He does. Hmm. Sounds like a new uh, opening for the for the show. I'll
1: I'll have to look him up and and send you the tweets. Um, I haven't
0: seen one pop out in
1: a while, but yeah, I've I've heard a, a at least a couple of his songs and they weren't bad. One called like
4: Drag in the Infield or something, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: uh, the ones that I heard were not softball related.
2: <laughs>
4: um
2: all right, any shout outs. Jason, you have any shout outs? I know you probably have a laundry list.
0: Yeah, well I I, I limited the list. Um, but I wanted to give a shout out to Coach Meyer, he's the special teams coordinator. Very big reason why we won the game. Uh really cool dude. He's hung out with us a bunch out in the roost. Uh great guy. And um, I mean we had to give I guess you could give a shout out to everybody who played a single position on a special teams play because we were just awesome at that all night long, but special shout-out to uh, Coach Meyer. And uh, uh, David Eckert, want to give him a, a shout-out, the Hattiesburg American guy? I just happened upon it, but he did a uh, Twitter space thing today that I joined in on for uh, several minutes, and I enjoyed it. Bobby Hall actually got on there for a second. It was neat. Uh, I, maybe he does it every Monday. I'm not positive, but it was good. Look out for that. Give a shout-out to Slade and Shara White. Slade White, of course, owns the 4th Street Bar, where we all like to go have beers. Uh, they rode down to the game with us, uh, with Katie and I. We had an absolute blast. And last shout-out to the old man in the Rally Cat shirt. <laughs> Ran into him at Cooters, and he came up, he's wearing the shirt. I think he's got several of them. This one was gray. <laughs> I've seen him in a black one. I love it. <laughs> he pimps it. It's great. Um, his name's John. I uh, hung out with him for a while.
2: I, like, no, we don't need to know his name. Okay. No. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think. That's, <laughs> you know what? At that point, you know, because when, when you're going to New Orleans, you have to make that first pit stop by the Daiquiri place. Uh, and then you like keep going like the extra hour or 45 minutes or whatever it is into the city. And, um, and then we had some beers and then we went out. Uh, and then we watched the game, the $3 beers, by the way, I finally found the place where they were doing the $3 beers and they had already been sold out. So, oh, boo. um, so either they had them and, uh, and they ran out like they said they did, or they just advertised it and everybody that asked for it said, Oh, no, none of them. Anyway, the point is, um, his name very well could be John, <laughs> but, uh, there was a lot of, uh, things influencing me where I might have gotten that wrong.
2: So. yeah I, I know his I know his name I just don't I don't think it's oh. appropriate to I think he just needs to be known as the old man in the Rallycat shirt
3: yeah
2: forever but yeah <laughs> Shane do you have any shout outs and or whiskey lingo
1: um, to share? I don't necessarily have a shout out uh I do have a correction uh, believe it or not Malik Shorts is a red shirt junior good the man Yeah, no doubt. The man has played football at Southern Miss since like 1982. Uh, (laughs) But I hope he continues to play forever. But I I did want to correct that. I specifically mentioned his name as a senior earlier. In fact, not a senior. Well, it's 1982
2: and we've got a big surprise for you. Do you know that song? I don't. Ah, It's another old Southern Miss record. Southern's going to do it again. It was. Oh yeah. Shortly after the.
1: I didn't Na- have that Napa Auto Parts album. Na- well. it says,
2: yes, shortly after the Napa Auto Parts album. I only sure. had that one. Carry on with the whiskey.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, whiskey wise tonight, I was very excited. Uh, I got uh, my hands on a new bottle that I've been trying to get my hands on for a little while. It is a brand new Wild Turkey 101 12 Year Japanese Export. They they do not sell these in the United States. Um, but I have shady friends and uh, they procured a few cases of them and we split them up and uh, I went and got it today and I couldn't wait to open it up. And it's all it's as delicious as I hoped. And then I also just to kind of get my palate warmed up and ready for some whiskey, drank some Russell's reserve single barrel, which is also a wild Turkey kind of same family, get the, get the flavors flowing. But man, uh, if anybody happens to be in Japan, and you see any more of this whiskey, buy it all for me.
2: <laughs> all
1: right. Patrick, you have any shout-outs?
4: Yeah, I do. Uh, I got to give a shout-out to Matt uh, Rockwell and his wife Kimberly. They, uh, nice. We stayed at the same hotel and had dinner Friday night down there and hung out a good bit with them. They're uh, they're great people, good friend of the pod, and uh, enjoyed it. Uh, matt getting the uh the southern miss crowd cheered up he was the designated first down southern miss guy and he, he kind of kept he kept <laughs> yeah, he bringing was. the heat uh, all night and so there uh, it was many times he started cheers and the whole crowd was going so huge shout out to rock uh also charlie wallace he hit me up friday night when we were down there and uh we we saw him and uh, his wife sarah catherine and, and their crew the the roost spot 38 crew a lot of them uh at cooter browns and so i got to got to see that roost family again and uh see them and i know Sarah catherine just had a birthday i guess i think it was yesterday uh on sunday so shout out to Sarah catherine uh shout out to my wife lisa we had an awesome time in uh, new orleans and uh, i think she was spending some knowledge out there with with her uh you know obviously she works day in and day out with the players so I think there was some people asking who this player was, what's this number, and she was just firing them off one after the other. So uh, she definitely knows. What's impressive is she knows those guys without uh, jerseys on, you know, in their street clothes or whatever. So it's I like, I couldn't tell you who those who most of them mm-hmm. are without, without a number on, but she knows them. And then, again, I was going to give a shout-out to the old guy, the rally cat, because I actually – I came up to him. I was like, "Hey, man!" And he, he's like, "You designed the shirt?" And I was like, "Yeah, man!" So it was, kind of came full circle. Uh, and uh, he's like, "You just have no idea how many people I've met because of this shirt." So it was really awesome to uh, to see the old guy in the rally cat shirt. Um, but yeah, great great weekend. And again, like Jason said, that's is why we do it. It's why you buy tickets. That's why you go because stuff like that happens. Like you keeps- know the,
0: uh, the 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 thing with uh, with you mentioned Charlie and Sarah Catherine. We we call we text him at like uh one thirty or two o'clock, something like that. And uh, said, Man, we're all heading to Cooters at three. Uh, he texted me back, he said, been here since eleven. <laughs> so <laughs> they were there for quite a while.
2: That's awesome. I thought you were go I thought you were like a duke's a hazard thing going on there for a second when you just shorten it to Cooters.
0: it happens it happens after a while once you've you know once you've i feel like you know we stayed there for so long that we became locals so cooters
2: cooters gotta give a shout out to my old uh one of my old best friends from high school slash college one of my college roommates austin westbrook down there in the big easy holding it down uh so hey guys big show this friday first comedy show we've had in well i guess three months but still Mm, Um, that's right We've got Hub City Comedy's 12th anniversary show. We weren't able to have a 10th or 11th due to COVID, but we're having a 12th anniversary show. So that's this Friday night at the Thirsty Hippo. That's Friday, September 30th at 8 p.m. $5. This keep in mind, this is like our recital. So you're going to see some really good comics and you're going to see some comics that are fresh and new. <laughs> so, uh, but $5, can't beat it. Always a great time at the Thirsty Hippo, the best, the best venue for comedy in the region. So come out, have a good time with us. I will be. The master of ceremonies for that. Also, have to give a shout out to our sponsor this week, SBC Refs on Twitter at RefsSBC. And I quote I believe targeting should not be reviewed and neither should automatic ejections. Looking at you, Bump. And I believe all youth soccer games should be at 7 a.m. so the hungover parents have to deal with all the yelling and screaming, looking at you, Club <laughs> Relief all, And then say something derogatory to Shane about his whiskey, uh, looking at you, Shane. So. <laughs> No, that, that last I added that last part. He didn't. He didn't actually write that. But anywho, um, okay, guys. So we've got what we've got to buy this week. I guess I'm gonna do a comedy show. But other than that, I don't really have it. I guess I'll keep up with whoever we play the rest of the year. But do you get like a, a sense that there there is some op there is more optimism now around this Southern Miss football program than we may have seen two weeks ago?
1: For I've sure. I've got
4: more. I mean, there has to be. If you have a pulse in your body uh, and you followed Southern Miss, you got to be excited about what just happened. Do you think? Do you think a bowl game is a fair expectation at this point?
2: Do you think six wins, it, it, given how we've played, given you know what we have currently on the roster, you know, in, you know injuries aside, do you feel like that six wins is a fair expectation for the rest of the year?
1: It's still kind of sick well i mean yeah yeah uh i'll i'll be disappointed if we don't make a bowl game after starting non-conference 2 and 2 but uh we'll see how everything goes we we got a uh we got a freshman quarterback that we need to keep healthy and uh that's going to be a big part of it so uh, we'll see how everything plays out but if, if we got some good momentum to keep rolling for sure
0: i mean i am not can... want to think about if we you know, it, it, I, I don't even want to talk about the possible injury bug. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, last year, but I mean, we've we're kind of inching our way towards a little bit of that. And let's just let's do this bye week and get some health. It just because I mean, you know, it, it, we've seen how it can possibly go. And if that happens, and I mean, all bets are off, be freaking miracle, right? So, yeah, but as it is right now, if nobody else gets hurt. We play defense like we've played and get efficient quarterback play? Hell yeah. I mean, at least a ball. I mean, a decent ball.
2: So. And you've got some – I mean, you've got some – obviously, Ca- Coastal Carolina has been really strong. South uh-huh. Alabama has been really strong. You know, Monroe is is pretty scrappy. I mean, Louisiana, not what they – what what some people thought they would be, but still a scrappy team. Uh, Texas state, you would think we'd be favored in that, but I, you know, the game I watched when I watched Texas state a few weeks back against Baylor, I was impressed. Arkansas state, yeah. Troy's going to be tough. Georgia state's Georgia state's 0 and 4. Okay. So maybe not Georgia state, but the rest of them we should, we should
1: have. Probably, uh, no, I'm gonna, coming to the Georgia state game. So that's not guaranteed.
2: Well, that is, that's very fair. Uh, and Georgia state's lost some, some close games, uh, yeah, to be fair to them. So, um, uh, They seem
1: scrappy as well. I mean, ULM with this past weekend, ULM and Lafayette have kind of switched places for me. Like, coming into the season, it was like, all right, ULM should be a win. Louisiana will be a toss-up. That should be a good game. Now I'm kind of thinking the other way. I'm thinking, well, I mean, with the way the Louisiana's looked, we should beat them. But, man, you know, Monroe's playing a little tougher. So uh, that could be a good game.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, we've all seen it. We can lose to anybody, right? But I mean, Arkansas State sucks. Lafayette sucks. Texas State at best is okay. So and I just can't buy this ULM thing. They might be my new Middle Tennessee. Which speaking of that, I wish I hadn't said that word. How the <laughs> hell did they beat Miami? They scored like forty something points. Ugh, I don't know. But no, there's there's <laughs> there's at least three teams on our side that I would be disappointed if we lost any of those three games. You do know that if we have the same lineup that we had this past week,
1: you do know that Miami is zero and three all time against those people from Murfreesboro. It doesn't. Don't it you?
0: doesn't make sense.
1: No, it doesn't. No.
0: God, hey, the show was going so good, and then I had to bring up freaking Middle Tennessee.
1: Maybe they were. Well, you, a, you said their name again. I just referred to the town they're located in.
2: <laughs> uh, I
0: said the middle of Tennessee, though. So.
2: Right, ne- right near Arrington Vineyards, by the way. Ooh. So wine
1: smells like feet. There you go. <laughs> it's a family tradition. <laughs> yeah, you're you're supposed to wash those dirty feet before you stomp the grapes, Jamie. Tell your people to get their act together.
2: And you know, ever since Kicks Brooks bought it, it's it's been a lot of uh, boots uh, scooting boogie. That's it. They're stomping them
1: with boots stomp instead of boots. bare
2: feet. Well hey Patrick, thanks for hopping on with us this week. Uh hope you guys enjoyed it. And as always, Southern Mist to the top. Talk.
3: I could play for Alabama, USC, our Notre Dame. You have lots of things to offer. But Southern Mississippi Put you all shame I was born here in Hattiesburg Never ventured far away When it comes to playing football Here in Eagle Heaven is where I'm gonna stay I could play for North Carolina Ohio State, RLSU You play a good game of football But Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you football season is over and done. The fans here in Hattiesburg will be proud of what we've done. I could play for the Georgia Bulldogs, Florida State or Tennessee, but I chose Southern Mississippi and right here at home is where I'll always be. I could play for Alabama